0: care and early childhood education as a public good is the most significant thing that we can do uh, as a community and then one of our membership organizations said, i don't really uh, favor special districts very often but this issue is so important and essential to workforce stability that we would consider making exceptions for an early childhood special district so that's what our community is saying and so uh to let you know the issues and some of the challenges. Some of these things you may know. We know that 80% of brain development happens uh, before the age of three, and 90% of our brains are developed by age five. So all of you on council, your brains are are long developed, (laughs) right? Uh, Not that you can't teach, middle-aged dogs new tricks, but there are uh, there are windows of opportunities, uh, and those windows of opportunities, as we all know as parents and grandparents, when these kiddos are, are three and four and five years old, they are soaking up everything in their environment. So we know that these are critical years. Uh, early development drives the success in school and in life, uh, and investing in early childhood education. Is effective strategies and there is lots of evidence around that and I won't go into all the data but I do want to let you know that from uh, some of the Heckman uh, reports who's a, a national economist uh, says that 7 to 10 percent uh, per year return on an investment in early childhood will reduce costs in, in remediation and education health and criminal justice systems expenditures and high quality childcare programs for disadvantaged children will yield a 13% return on that investment per child per year. And that's a pretty good return on an investment uh, if, we're, if we're wanting to do that in the stock market. I don't know that we're gonna get those returns. And yet we're not taking advantage of some of the, the great resources that we have right here. We have too few providers and programs to meet the needs. We know that the, the capacity, we don't have the capacity to meet the demand. Uh, When care is available, it's often not affordable, and so it just layers on top of layers around some of the barriers for folks to access care. Uh, we know that this industry is short staffed, as I've already mentioned, and woefully undercompensated, and that early childhood systems are not adequately funded to meet the needs. There are good systems out there and there are good data to be found, uh, but really, if we could better fund those systems, we could have better data driven systems that could help us make educated decisions on how to ad- allocate early childhood money into these systems throughout Longmont and Boulder County. And so, what we're proposing is a secure, dedicated regional funding stream for early care and learning services that would be supported by creating an early childhood special district that is voter approved to help families pay for early childhood and early care and education programs, expand capacity and quality of programs, and ensure that the region's early care and learning system is meeting the needs of all of our children and families throughout Longmont and Boulder County. So that's what we're proposing. What this means for you as as council, and also for the community at large, is that we wanna have access to affordable, high-quality, reliable childcare and early learning opportunities for all children that will result in school readiness and really, I think, life readiness. Just like we invest in other special district programs like fire protection, sanitation, clean water, and K-12 systems, investing in our early care and education programs as a public good will ensure that all parents and employees in the St. Vrain and Boulder Valley School District and the area will be confident that their children are in appropriate, high quality settings, and that they are well prepared when they enter kindergarten. As well as investing in childcare and early childhood education programs as a public good, Uh, like I mentioned, uh, our other great public good systems that we build money and infrastructure into, it will benefit small and large business owners and primary business owners and employers here in Longmont by effectively stabilizing and enhancing the workforce in both the short and in the long term. Some of these goals that we have are long-term goals around capacity building. Uh, That's not going to be able to happen tomorrow, but we do know that if we can invest in early childhood that our community will be better served, and so how does it work? I can answer some questions tonight um, but in general we want to do these things we have to have a service plan that would be uh, delivered to our local courts approved by our county commissioners in both boulder and weld county i do want to mention that uh, the alliance is really focused on boulder county and weld county Not that we don't care about the parts of Broomfield and Larimer and uh, uh, Gilpin County that we serve, but there are other good early childhood initiatives that are happening in some of those counties. And if we can start an early childhood special district, we can expand that over time if we do this well from the beginning. And so this is how it would work, uh, that we are working on strategies uh, that would have an early childhood development special district, that would be the, the legal name, on the ballot in November of 2023. We would try to generate uh, buy-in and and support from local and dedicated early childhood funding sources. Uh, We wanna hear from families and providers all throughout this process, and we've been doing that for the last couple of years, and we'll continue to do that in listening sessions and more. We wanna continue to build partnerships to ensure that we leverage effective existing early childhood funding systems. This This is not supplant or replace or or take the place of good systems that are already in place, but those systems are underfunded. Uh, I'm on my social media and stuff is already coming up about Universal Preschool Program, UPK. So we hear about that. Well, that's solved the early childhood problem in Colorado, right? It is a drop in the bucket. It's a great start, uh, but that is a program that is limited to three, specifically four-year-olds, maybe some three-year-olds, 10 hours a week, nine months a year. There are not a lot of families that that's all they need. So it's a great start, uh, but it is not the funding system that will that will solve this issue. We're working on cost modeling so we can see what the real gaps are. We've got some great programs. Our Boulder County uh, CCAP program is one of the best funded uh, in the state. And that's because our local housing and human services, uh, Boulder County has added money into their general funds to help uh, increase those ccap rates to help providers to be able to take those ccap dollars that is a great program for a certain segment of our community but it doesn't solve the entire problem for families that don't qualify or lose those qualifications because they got a 10 cent raise uh, on their second job and so we want to leverage existing funding sources and then create an early childhood special district and plan and campaign to make this a reality in 2023 that's our goal and that's our desire and so we're asking for uh, partnerships. We're asking for tough questions uh, and I would be open to any of those tonight uh, or things that maybe we haven't thought of uh, in this early childhood special district. Do you have questions about that? If you, I can tell you what I know and then I'll defer to the experts uh, in the room. Um, maybe I'll pause for a moment and take a breath. Okay. Questions <laughs> or comments? Uh,
1: Councillor um, McCoy.
2: Thank you, Mayor. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for your passion. Um, Thank you for, I mean, putting all of this together. I myself was a single mom um, and I understand the struggles and challenges of the decision you may have to make to, you know, stay at home if your kid is sick or go to work and you can't go to work if there is no childcare available then you have to trust your child with someone else. Um, Anyway, we all know, not we all know, but some of us know those struggles and I appreciate your passion. I've talked to you before and um, it's definitely evident. So what the question I wanna to ask is, we know that these teachers are under, they're not getting paid enough. They're not being compensated to their value and what they're worth. Um, I don't know if they'll ever be compensated that, honestly. Um, these young kids, I mean, they're our future. And we're preparing them for uh, Counselor McCoy and Counselor Hidalgo-Faring yep. um, in the right. classroom so, so that they can have sanity, right? So um, what about the teacher's sanity? Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things I want to make sure that there is something in this plan for the teachers because COVID has really um, brought to the forefront of mental health issues. So although teachers deal with it each and every day and just like, oh, what time we get out? 6.30, 6 o'clock? But they have to go home to their own kids as well. That's right so are there any measures in this in this program or this um, this special district um, for the the teachers the the educators the providers to have that extra time off if they need it Um, maybe scheduling four days a week instead of five days a week for the teachers making sure that they have enough time to get that mental refresh as we all need to do. But taking care of other people's kids is a hard job. I don't know how many people have ever taken care of other people's kids, but it's a hard job. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a hard job taking care of our own kids. If you have financial issues and you're living in Colorado with the high cost of living here and then the daycares are ridiculous. Yep. You might as well stay home from work right? unless you're making like a million dollars a year. Yep, yep. Because yep. then you can get a nanny, right? That's right. But I just want to make sure that we also take care of our teachers. Right,
0: yep, that's that's yeah. one of the key pieces is compensation. We, we have to have a workforce that is compensated and have the professional development uh, not only just to be an early childhood teacher but to maintain those qualifications to get those professional development especially around mental health social emotional development of children and for themselves so professional development in early childhood would not just benefit children but it would benefit staff and potential incoming staff into the workforce but compensation I think is going to be key I mean we we cannot address this just by adding more slots and paying teachers minimum wage. That, that is Absolutely. not going to address the problem. So compensation is key and is one of the core values in this special district, and, and compensation would be addressed in this special district.
2: And mental health, please.
0: And mental health, mental please. health for children and for early childhood providers.
2: Yes. Yep. Thank yep. you. Yep. Thank you for everything.
0: Yes. No. Great question. Thank you.
2: Mayor Pro Tem Rodriguez.
3: Uh, Thank you very much Mayor Peck (coughs) and so as it seems by the I guess um, outline that you've drawn for the special district that it extends beyond the city of Longmont into both unincorporated Boulder County and Weld County and it sounds like you've had conversations with both County Commissioner boards yes Um, and since these things will have to go to likely a, a ballot measure did you get commitments from the boulder county commissioners as well as the Weld county commissioners
0: so we we are working on that and i don't know sir if you want to explain the special district part we 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 have a service plan that is that it will be submitted to all of the uh uh, jurisdictions municipalities the nice thing was when we met with uh both boulder and weld county commissioners um sometimes they had more attorneys in the room than they did commissioners which was really good because the 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 attorney said you don't need to support this right now they need to go through the process of getting it through the courts and it was just kind of a sigh of relief of yes we have to approve this the special district uh service plan but it really has to go through the process of what a special district is required to do so do you want to talk about that for a moment about the special district process and where we are in that of submitting those service plans financial plans
4: today we received the surface plan back from our attorney saying it's ready to go with just a couple of minor uh, uh, things added um, next is to send it to the attorneys in, of both Boulder County and Weld County once they've looked at it and told us that they don't have any see any problems with it then we we submit it to the recorder and clerk of the counties and then there's a 10 day period when uh, nothing happens. And then after that, the first meeting that the commissioners have after that 10 days, they, they, they take up the issue and they set a hearing. The hearing has to, be set, has to be done within 30 days. And then they decide whether they will approve, not approve, or if they have something more that they want from us. Once we have their approval, we hope, then we would um, collect 200, um, signatures from um, um, eligible voters in the service area it can be from anywhere in the service area and once we have those we would submit the service plan and, and the the um, um, issuance of the recommendation from the commissioners um, and the signatures to the Boulder court the district court and all that court has to do is look to make sure that we have met the 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 mandates of the legislation and then we're good to go to um uh, on the ballot in 2023
3: thank you uh is there any sort of contingency if one of the jurisdictions does not approve of the special district going forward i'm sorry is there any contingency if one of the jurisdictions does not approve of the special district going forward i
0: don't like like what if
5: what if well county
3: says no what if said well
0: said
4: county, no and no. county said yes um i don't i don't know that we've really thought about that we're we're going to get approval from both
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, i definitely like that yeah. that attitude um those are my questions as far as the viability uh, as far as meeting statutory requirements and, and and getting onto the ballot um i would characterize myself as one of the quotes that was presented and I'm always skeptical of special districts, but this is too important to to overlook uh, all feasible avenues forward. So thank you very much, and you. you answer my questions. Thank
6: you, Councillor Martin. Thank you, Mayor Peck. Um, just a couple of questions. I'm also assuming that this is going to pass, um, and uh, at that point, you've got you've with this mission these objectives you've taken on a lot in the early years do you plan to operate essentially as a grant making organization to to put money where it's needed in in pursuit of this or do you intend to perhaps build out infrastructure as a district or both but can you tell me
0: so what we do not intend to do is to build buildings. So we, mm-hmm. this, this uh, I, I would characterize this as we,
6: the special district
0: is set up to be a portfolio of funneling money to providers and services. So whether it's compensation, professional development, uh, existing systems like our, our early childhood council who has a system of data just underfunded. Our mental health partners, uh, there are many, many mental health partners from Nurse Family Partnerships, uh, kid connects as an early child and mental health program we're not naming specific programs in the service plan but those uh, those big objectives are there in the first year uh there would be two things on the ballot one would be the ballot initiative that we're bringing forward of whatever it's going to be three four five meals that would generate x numbers of millions of dollars to fund these priorities the second thing that would be on the ballot is the actual board of directors the names of the board of directors would have to be voter approved and and we're we're suggesting a board of five at this point it could be five or seven we're suggesting five at the first point so within the first year it would be building the infrastructure establishing the board setting the priorities and then allowing them to start to build in whether it's grant programs or uh, doing the analysis to see what could we actually do for compensation if we know we have 3, zero to five early childhood workers and we could get all of them to twenty two dollars an hour it would cost this so if we could implement those kinds of things that would be probably the work of the board and within the first year is to start establishing the criteria for the service plan which would be approved uh, but giving them the flexibility to say now here's how we want to invest these dollars into years two and three but it would not be infrastructure and buildings it might be a single office or two for probably an executive director, a finance person, and then maybe a data person. But so it would be a small staff governed by that board of directors.
6: Okay, thank you very much. And um, uh, is the thing, a, a thing that, that, a gap that I've been worried about, okay? Um, and I don't know, we'll see your service plan before we vote, obviously. Yep. But uh, is something that you could fund uh, ways to bridge the gap between the governor's 10 hours and yes. the rest of the day because i think getting the children from one place to the other is going to be a struggle it is
0: yeah so how do we blend i call it blended and braided funding that's what i do in my day job I, I take funding sources from all the areas and the kids get the same service regardless of where the money comes from right and so it would be a that on a larger scale it wouldn't be trying to house kids 10 hours at this place bus them over to this place for 10 hours it would try to be an inclusive setting for families to choose this is where I want my child and have it affordable but also have staff that aren't turning over and aren't turning their children away so all of those things would be really important in that and in building the system to begin with Mm
1: -hmm. council waters
7: uh thanks mayor peck Is it fair to assume Matt, that that um, what you're presenting to us now is the status of the work that you've been doing, and um, that at some point in time, what you w- you would want from councils, uh, city councils, and other groups of elected officials or nonprofit organizations, their boards, et cetera, or business groups, you'd want an endorsement of this. Yep. Not you don't need an endorsement, I assume, until you get until you're qualified to be on the ballot once you have a, a uh, an approved ballot question that's when you would want something specifically from groups like this one yes. is that fair
0: yes because i i don't think it's it's fair for you to be able to take a position on something where you don't even know the ballot question right but to be able to do the legal process of getting the service plan getting all of the the legal things in place getting the signatures then we'll be able to do some polling to see what what does the general public think about this what would be the best way to put this ballot on an uh, initiative Uh, on the ballot in November and then at that time we'd like to come back and be able to say this is what we're proposing to do specifically Uh, but at this point I think initially we just want to uh, get your initial reaction things that we maybe should be thinking about some of you have probably experiences in successful and unsuccessful special districts and ballot initiatives and elections of your own uh, that I think that this could be really helpful in in as we build the process
7: you haven't mentioned this but it might be worth sharing uh, with both this council and anybody else who's listening uh, that, that this this alliance is part of a, a national cohort yep. of similar organizations you want to talk about that
0: yeah do you want me to talk about that you can talk
7: about it. yeah so we're, we're part of a cohort of
0: uh, um, and I'm not exactly sure if there's six or eight of us in this first cohort but these are local county and state ballot initiatives across the country around early childhood initiatives Places like uh, in in the in, in the South and New Orleans, uh, in in California, uh, Georgia, and some of St. Louis. So some of these are city initiatives, county initiatives, et cetera. And what we're learning is is that uh, in some ways, Colorado is really a leader in adding early childhood as an option for special districts. Other municipalities have good uh, ballot initiatives to bring early childhood dollars in, but to do it in a way that is similar to wastewater management, fire protection, library districts. We're learning a ton around how we can build this system better um, because we're a part of a special district. So yes, we're we're a part of a cohort. Uh, They are also helping us with some of the initial funding around the service plan, the financial plan, making sure we're checking all the legal boxes. Uh, We're also in conversations with um, several early childhood local uh, foundations and statewide foundations that are very interested in this, and I'm really excited about Longmont in particular being a leader in what could Colorado look like uh, across the state if local municipalities really invest in early childhood, like some of our other partners across the country.
7: You, you mentioned they. Who's the they? That's that's pulled this cohort together.
0: Um, early childhood
7: children's funding children's funding campaign
0: (laughs) children's funding campaign thank you that's the the national organization that we're part of the cohort I would just like to say that
4: this law has been on the books since 2019 no one has used it yet Mm -hmm. we would be the first in the state to create a a, this type of a special district for early childhood it's really quite exciting yep
1: Seeing no one else in the queue, I want to thank you, Matt. This has uh, been a great presentation, and it is exactly what we need. And uh, I am all for it. You had asked people who have been working with other special districts, what were some of the barriers? Yes. Keep the politics out of it. Yes. <laughs> you won't get anywhere if you have the politics in it. Yes. So. What we've
0: learned is that the, the people that we thought would be in opposition, just like what you know, Councilman Rodriguez was saying, if there is a special district to be considered early childhood is certainly an area where we might say we could get on board with this because it is not political it it affects single parents large employers small employers city and school district employers uh, and and our our whole community so it is something I think we could really rally around Uh, there is in your packet the one pager that kind of summarizes all of this Um, the thing that I would say is that the Right now, the geographic boundaries, we have defined as the boundaries of the St. Vrain and the Boulder Valley School District, but we are really targeting the Boulder County and the Weld County parts of the St. Vrain and Boulder Valley School District. So that's in your packet as well.
1: So one more thing, when you go through all of the uh, legal and getting the counties and the filings, everything that you need to do, are you going to present to the different city councils because they are the ones that will be Yes. Understanding mostly about this that's getting to the grassroots level. of, yes. of people so. Yes, we want to
0: do this at, at every City Council within okay. the jurisdiction of Boulder and Weld County and the st Brain and Boulder Valley School Districts. Great. Thank you so much. You're the first I will say <laughs> council,
1: <laughs> Well, please. I'm glad about that Thank you So we're now at first call public invited to be heard remember that if your name is on the list I will call your name. Uh, we need your name address and you have three minutes the first one on our list tonight is well actually it's the Longmont Youth Council so Jenny come on up with your council and um, I have never I told Jenny before the meeting that I have never seen so many students interested in being on this council I'm incredibly impressed
2: Hello everyone, good evening. My name is Jenny Diaz-Leon, and I am a community coordinator with the Children, Youth, and Family Division. It's an honor to be here tonight to present to you this
8: year's uh, Youth Council cohort. Hi there, um, my name is Stephanie Mao. I'm a senior at NYWAT High School. Um, I'm also the vice president of the council. Today I will introduce you to those who represent our Longmont City Youth Council. So those who are reappointed are Austin Baker. Myself, Ali DeBee, Breonna LaFrin, Brooklyn Baum, Brooklyn Goldstone, Emma Milchuk, Greta Weddle, Josh Letsky Lee, Katherine Twee, Katie Bogdanova, Ming-Yao Liu, and Phoebe McLean. Those who were appointed this year are Rima Baisha, Boopin Jane, Bushali Jane, Muscon Dillon, and Paloma Delgado Corchada. Hello, City Council. Thank you all for having us here. My name is Austin Brubaker. I'm a senior at Silver Creek High School and I'm the president of Youth council. Um, I'm just gonna tell you a few of the project updates that we have so far this past year. Um, last fall, the Longmont Youth Council came back in person for the first time since 2018. Throughout the pandemic, we kept active with several projects, including Lend a Hand, which members collected hygiene products for youth in need. And we also volunteered with Reading League to support elementary students in practicing and improving their reading skills. Refinder Mind was a forum illuminating the experiences of a group of multi-generational community members through the journeys with mental health. More recently, we held our annual food drive, Halloween for the Hungry, and we collected over 500 canned goods and donated them to Wellspring Food and Clothing Bank. We're currently working on hosting a new round of grant opportunities to support projects led by youth organizations. The application process was open through January to mid-February, and we're now working on um, are in a reprocess with that another focus for this semester is to increase awareness and accessibility to many youth specific resources in our community has to offer we plan to create a resource guide to make it easier for youth to get the support we need and lastly um, we're planning an environmental project in april and we'll encourage other longmont youth to get involved to help clean up their surrounding communities we're very thankful to be here tonight in front of the City Council, and we thank everyone for your time and support of the Longmont Youth Council. We hope to continue growing our team and positively impacting the community and people around us. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Would you? Would you like to have a picture, we would like to have a picture with uh, all of you, City Council and the New Youth Council. So the next one on our list is Brett
9: Sloan. Good evening, Mayor Peck and uh, the rest of the council. Uh, My name is Brett Sloan. I live at 2307 uh, Tyrenian Drive. Uh, I represent the Longmont pickleball club and all the local players. And I'm here to highlight an opportunity for more pickleball courts in Longmont. A little background. Uh, the tennis court surface at Collier Park is scheduled for a complete renewal this year as a scheduled maintenance activity. The rehab plan is for the tennis courts at Collier Park to be restored as two tennis courts with co pickleball, just as the park is laid out today. An opportunity exists to renew the tennis court surface at Clark Centennial Park at the same time as Collier uh, and save some money. Call it a volume discount. As part of the proposed renovation at Clark Centennial, The two tennis courts could be converted to six pickleball courts with permanent nets. In much the same way that Hover Park was converted from tennis to pickleball some years ago. However, there is currently no money in the parks department budget even at a discounted price uh, to perform this proposed renovation. Converting the two tennis courts at Clark Centennial to six pickleball courts yield a total of 14 pickleball courts there and opens the way for tournaments and larger events. Beyond the big events, uh, six courts, permanent courts could double the available play day to day opportunities and take pressure off over park. Currently, the only permanent courts in town. Clark Centennial Park could be a substantial draw, not only for Longmont pickleball players, but also f- for players from neighboring communities uh, and foster greatest, greater use of that park. As long as there's sunshine and reasonable temperatures. Pickleball players will be outside trying to play. Uh, The parks department has indicated that the minimum funding required to sign a contract with the rehab vendor is $20,000. But more is funded to uh, is needed to fully fund this project. Uh, The Longmont pickleball club has initiated a fundraising effort. And I come before you to ask that you join with us in a public private partnership generous council contribution of 20,000 from the council contingency fund would help us get this project moving. Will you join us? That's all. Thanks.
1: Something to think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steve Altshuler
5: Good evening. My name is Steve Altschiller. I live at 1555 Taylor Drive. I've spoken a little bit about this before, but it's something that needs to keep being talked about. I feel that our country is the greatest, most prosperous country on Earth. First, because we're rooted in the prospect that all people are created equal. This does not mean that everyone has equal portions. It means that everyone should have an equal opportunity. What a person chooses to do with that opportunity is up to them. We're also great because of the twin rules of free market capital, free market capitalism and supply and demand. An example, 30 plus years ago, I bought a gateway computer for $2,500, $7,500 in today's money. Now you can buy a phone with a hundred times more information and 50 times faster for one fifth the price. That's because of supply and demand. 60 years ago, McDonald's started an empire, and soon after, Burger King, Wendy's, and more jumped in to compete for their share. As long as government butts out, these systems work really well. But government refuses to butt out. <clears throat> Look at low income housing, the drug problem, and homelessness. Low income housing is, we've spent millions for 20 plus years, and the need is bigger than ever. Do they share apartments like I did in my 20s to save money? Try something new. Do they have to attend Front Range College to better themselves and increase their worth as many others do? Do they have to maintain a C plus average to get another year of low income housing? Um, And if they don't, then they have to move out, make them be responsible for their own future too. Don't trust, I'm sorry, don't just take from those who already made their own sacrifices. Homelessness, same idea. Take those truly mentally challenged and house them appropriately. For all the others, have them work for their benefits. They can pick up trash, they can paint over graffiti, they can clean and vacuum government buildings. Having them work will build their self esteem too. And drugs. What moron really thinks that giving drug addicts free drugs, free needles, and a place to shoot up is actually good for anyone? When you give people anything for free, socialism, most will stop having any desire to provide for themselves. This applies to everything, food, housing, education, transportation, etc. Please try to find ways that those in need can can contribute to their own success to enable them only creates more need and more in need. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Steve. Ethan? I'm sorry, is it all green? Yeah. Okay, thank you.
5: Ethan Augreen, 930 Button Rock. I'm here to speak on the issue of Denver Broncos funding for youth activities. I commend you for slowing down and taking a more methodical and deliberate approach in order to get the process right and clarify the city's priorities rather than throwing the money at the first bright and shiny object that comes along. Now there's a proposal on the table for $500,000 plus another million dollars for the Longmont